0: Good evening. Be opening your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. What we'll do tonight is connected to what we did this morning in this way. From Acts chapter 8, we learned this morning about that man from Ethiopia who believed in Jesus and obeyed him in baptism. And as a result of that obedience, the Bible says... He went on his way rejoicing. And I presented that to us as part of the series this year. It's what Christians do. Now let me take that a little further this evening. Part of that joy we referred to this morning is, we know that God equips us to endure difficulty. The activity of faith holds great power because of the one we believe in, so that God's faithful can endure difficulty without giving up. And so, here in Hebrews 12, the example of Christ is brought into this, and you will discover here that joy is combined with endurance, those go together. Listen, please. Hebrews 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus are faint-hearted. That's Hebrews twelve, verses one, two, and three. Now, the primary objective in this passage in context is motivational. See, the previous chapter, Hebrews eleven, takes us through some Old Testament history with emphasis on the active faith of real people that we become acquainted with in reading the Old Testament. Abel, Abraham, Noah, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Moses' parents, and others. They are commended as good examples of hearing, believing, and doing what God says. The writer is calling upon his readers to live by the activity of faith in Christ... In spite of the environment of hostility and persecution, they are charged, Christians are, to run the race God has set before them with endurance. And at this point, with that word endurance, the example of Christ comes on stage. It says, Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, what does that tell us about joy that was our subject this morning? Joy in the New Testament doesn't mean that you go around and smile all the time. It doesn't mean that you enjoy unabated exuberance and you just sing and dance your way through every day it doesn't mean perfect health and wealth on earth it is the joy of knowing that God is with his people through their trials his promises are unchanged by our earthly difficulties And all our pain and stress we know will be over when we begin our heavenly residence. Jesus knew no matter how hard it was for him on earth, on the cross, and everything that led to it, he would be raised and would ascend back to the Father at his right hand. That was his joy, and it enabled his endurance before And at the cross. So he is put forth here as our example of endurance, and endurance here is connected with joy that was our subject this morning. So we're going to explore Jesus' example of endurance as described here and elsewhere in the New Testament. First, he endured persecution. On one level, since the beginning, after sin entered, men and women who do what is right and speak the truth have been subjected to persecution. And you can go back and document that all through the pages of the Old Testament. Cain killed Abel, Lot and his family were persecuted, Joseph, Moses, all the prophets... And then you come into the New Testament, the apostles and other early Christians, beginning with Peter and John and Stephen and James, they were opposed, falsely accused and mistreated because they were doing what is right. It's called persecution for righteousness' sake. But none with greater intensity and wrath than Jesus. At his birth time... There was an effort to get rid of him from Herod. In his temptation, he was assaulted by Satan. Shortly after he started his ministry, consistently and without mercy, he was opposed, he was rejected, he was punished until his death. Two passages. John 15, 23 to 25. He said... Whoever hates me hates my Father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my Father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. Jesus was hated Without a cause. He was perfectly innocent. God the Father is hated. When we follow Jesus and we honor God the Father, we will be subjected to mistreatment and opposition. Though not in the full measure that the Savior suffered on the cross. In Isaiah 53 and verse 7, it says, He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. That's his endurance. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. It is tough to be criticized, falsely accused, and hated. When you're doing what is right, Jesus endured that in full measure, often silently and never with ugly personal, immature vengeance. He is our example. Are we following in his steps, in our endurance, under pressure? One of the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ is his mature responses and his continued love. Judas betrayed him, Peter denied him, no bitterness, maturity and love for these men. It was strength and endurance under control with joy in the life of Jesus Christ. There was physical pain. And there are statements that go to this all through the New Testament. The physical pain that he endured. One that stands out to me is Hebrews 5 and verse 7 In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. The full weight of both Jewish and Roman government corruption was brought against a perfect man, Jesus Christ. We would be impressed... If our Lord went through one illegal, torturous trial, he went through no less than six. Three Roman and three Jewish, all of them painful, illegal, hypocritical, and prejudiced. Ungodly men were determined to put him to death and it is impossible for us to fully take in and to imagine the physical pain that he endured. That he endured. The Roman soldier would have used a whip or a rope with jagged pieces of lead and sharp sheep bones attached to beat the prisoner until he fainted. Jewish law specified 39 strokes. There was that crown of thorns pressed into the Lord's head. There was the weight of the cross as it dropped into the earth. The body under strain and torn while he hung on the cross. Yet, when you look at what he said from the cross those words spoke forgiveness honor for god and love for his mother consider him it says in hebrews 12:3 who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that we may not grow weary and faint hearted then there was the pain of bearing the punishment for sin though he never committed any The emotion of everything that he went through. His love for the lost, his love for his father, his knowledge of how his people would be persecuted. All of that accumulated pressure emotionally that he endured from sinners, such hostility against himself. I believe we see this in the statement that he made in the garden. My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Matthew 26, 39. It was agony, physically, emotionally, that he endured. Luke, the physician brings out the intensity and burden of that hour as he wrote in Luke 22, 43 and 44, And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him, and being in agony. He prayed more earnestly. And his sweat, as it was, were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. To his disciples he once said, He who endures to the end will be saved. He perfectly illustrated endurance. And thus it is said in Hebrews 12, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, are faint-hearted. well we could go home there but you know me what should this mean to me and to you today in the formation and the continued development and steadfastness of our lives before God would you turn to 1st Peter chapter 4 for the next phase of our study. First Peter chapter 4. I'm going to be reading 12 through 19 in First Peter 4. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice far as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the Spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a meddler." Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, Let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Now before I speak about that paragraph, I want you to look back, take a moment and look back at how chapter 4 begins in 1 Peter. 1 Peter 4 in verse 1 says, Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh. Stop there. The Holy Spirit revealed this to Peter to write, but Peter knew it as a witness. We've been talking about it tonight. In the first part of this sermon, Christ suffered in the flesh. Now first, we understand that his suffering and death is our salvation. Then, when we respond to the call of the gospel in repentance and baptism, we are forgiven because he was willing to pay the price. But what else can be said about Christ suffering in the flesh? His example. And the next statement in 1 Peter 4, 1 is, arm yourselves with the same mind or the same way of thinking. So what is brought up here is Christ's endurance of suffering Not just as atonement, but as our example of how to suffer. Arm yourselves with the same mind. Now, down at verse 12, Peter says to the Christians he was writing to, don't be surprised if you were persecuted. If you are subjected to a fiery trial of hardship, don't think it strange. And not only does he say, don't think it strange, he says, rejoice. Rejoice. That's our subject that we pursued this morning. Insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you also may rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. So the joy that begins here when you first respond to God is fulfilled in an exuberant way when you enter into the heavenly residence. But I want you to imagine for a moment having a conversation with the Lord when you stand before Him. And I will join you in this thought exercise. So I say to the Lord when I stand before Him, Well, you suffered for me. I know that. I believe that. I appreciate that. But I just couldn't do it, I couldn't suffer. I like things to be easy and peaceful. I don't like to say something people might object to. So you suffered for me, and I love that you did that for me. But when persecution and hardship came to me, I just couldn't take it. I didn't endure. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar... "...as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed." I am to follow His example. There may be other forms of suffering outside of persecution. I follow His example there as well. Other forms of suffering where we believe we do not deserve the pain, the conflict, the worry, the burden... Isn't Christ still our example of endurance with joy? <clears throat> You're doing what is right, but like old Job, you have no idea why things are happening to you. Christ is still our example of endurance in persecution. And in suffering that we may endure outside of the realm or category of persecution. He is our example. The purpose of Christianity is not to avoid all difficulty. But to produce character sufficient in Christ to endure difficulty. With your faith solid. Being a disciple of Christ doesn't make life easy and pain-free. It builds, in the ideal sense, in your growth, patience and endurance. So that when we suffer, whatever form of suffering that is, we consider Him who endured from sinners such hostility against Himself, so that you may not grow weary and faint-hearted. I want to take you to something else in Hebrews. In chapter 10, verses 35 to 39. Hebrews 10, 35 to 39. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of Endurance. their souls I need to stand and live under the light of all the teaching we've been through tonight about Christ and his example of endurance I need to live under all of that under all the light of not only his teaching but his example Can I put up with hardship without folding up? Can I remain steadfast under pressure? Wherever that pressure comes from, whatever category it's in. How do I handle criticism? If persecution increases in our time, or if unexplained pain and adversity increases, how am I going to respond to that? How do you develop greater endurance one way is to look to the example of Christ. And when you do, you may see your deficiencies in the faith. And you'll need to go to the Lord about that in prayer and then study and live with an awareness of how much stronger you can be, how much stronger I can be. When I look to him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that we may not grow weary or faint-hearted. We are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Let's be standing while we sing.